0: Sorry,
1: sorry. Go ahead. ahead. This is gonna be an interesting conversation, here, guys. I think Nathan had a, you know, very intelligent thought. To, uh, you know. Have maybe start off and just have everybody sort of you know giving i guess uh, you know the initial gut reactions but also you know what kind of all of this has brought up
2: for them yeah the re- the reason I thought that was just um want to take advantage of the fact that we've got a pretty diverse diverse racial background amongst the six sure. of us obviously not everybody's going to have their own view and, and their own takes so it'd be interesting to sort of hear everybody's Initial gut reactions to what, what's going on before we start, you know, sort of delving into it a bit. Yeah.
1: And I, and I think just on that note, you know, as much as it would be nice to just start firing off in all kinds of different directions, you know, at the same time, it, it'd be nice to not have this just, you know, sprawl into like one hour long, fuck this person, fuck that person, you know, and just yeah, have sure. actually a meaningful conversation about this.
2: That's all I'm going to yeah, say. I agree,
3: yeah, 100%. Yep, yep. Keep it positive as much as you can. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like get, it's like I got carried away. Like well, I carried yeah, away. Yeah, no, I mean, it's sad. It's sad, but you know what I mean? Like, don't
1: it, – it's easy to slide into some negative – like,
2: yeah.
3: yeah. No, I mean, it
1: is. But, you know, speaking of keeping it positive, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you can kick us off there. No, I don't think we have to keep it positive. I, I think there's definitely, I think there's,
3: it's cathartic, cathartic to, you gotta, you gotta, we keep it real too, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think we really, there, there needs to be a lot of change, right? And there needs to be change in a good direction. I think it's important to to recognize the bad, recognize what's, what that all is about and how it hasn't changed in the past, but we, got, we can't lose sight of where we gotta be. And that's that's what I meant by it. No, it sucks, man. If What happened this past week and
1: yeah, it, it all just sucks. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, you know, like you said, you know, I've listened to a few conversations, I had a few conversations and I think, you know, keeping still i guess that positive outlook is important but at the same time it's hard yeah you know? for sure yeah, it, it's important but at the same time it's it's hard because it's not that oh this was the first time it ever happened so uh oh, yeah. you know we, we should speak about it now it's you know, it's kind of it's, it's been the same thing just replaying over and over in a endless loop so to speak
2: yeah you know? yeah my um my 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 first sort of when when i first saw the george floyd video um and sort of heard what, what had happened and everything else i was i was tired man i was i was exhausted um having to try and again comprehend and and you know as 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 a person of color as as a as a as a, as a black guy um Comprehending it comes fairly easy, but it's annoying. It's annoying to have to continuously comprehend it, um, because it's hard, man. It's exhausting. I I, I I was just, I was genuinely exhausted when I first heard about it, and and everything that's happened since with the, with the protests and the riots and everything else um, has, uh, anger's anger's definitely there. Um, but more than anything, I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I, I'm tired. This. I'm tired of it.
1: No, yeah. I, I think that's. I think that's very
2: important. I want, I want to maybe
1: you know have you build on that a little bit more than That notion of being tired of this. You know what I mean? Like it's like you, you. It's this thing that you see, right? And somehow in your mind, you almost have to constantly reassure yourself, explain to yourself that it's this is a thing that happens you know what I mean it doesn't seem to be like like nobody else has, has to constantly reassure them at all oh, you you might get killed being black you might get like you know what I mean like it seems like you have to constantly just make yourself aware of this but also calm yourself and be like yeah that that, that is the reality of what it
2: is you know to be black yeah I um uh, and just happened a couple couple weeks ago, I happened to cross um, Jordan Klepper's podcast he did a little while back. Um, and on it once he had, a, he had one of his writers who's a, who's a black man and they had done this piece where they went to different gun rallies in the States. And they were just sort of comparing, swapping stories almost about these gun rallies. So one, Jordan Klepper went to um, a, a white gun rally. It was a bunch of white guys that were you know, advocating for the use of guns in the States and everything else um, for, for free carry in Texas and all that sort of stuff. Um, and his, his writer whose name I can't remember right now off the top of my head, Kobe actually, his name was, um, he went to a, a black gorilla mainframe was, I think their name. Um, and they advocate for the use of guns as well, but they're uh, primarily black and they do so in a slightly different way. And they were sort of swapping stories about how that experience was, was different and how that, uh, and how their reaction amongst the white community and everything else was different being with two completely different groups that are fighting for essentially the same thing. Um, and the phrase that his, that his uh, writer used at one point, which really stuck with me was the luxury of ambivalence. Um, and he said that as black people, we don't get the luxury of ambivalence. We don't get to, when something like this happens, uh, we don't get that, that ability to sort of just step back and say, oh, I, won't, I won't tap in on this one. Mm-hmm. Every single time that this happens and it's, it's far more than it should ever happen. And it's not like this is a new thing. This has happened for hundreds of years. It's just now we've got cameras on it. But as, as a black person, you always have to be on. You always have to be aware of it. You always have to talk about it. You always have to be angry about it. And I say have to, you know, it, making it seem like we have no choice because deep down we are, like we are angry about it. It's not, it's, not a, it's not something that they're like, oh fuck, I gotta do this again. It's no, I do have to do this again. Like I, it's, we're back in this again. And it's fucking exhausting. It really is. Yeah. I,
3: I think so. Yeah, I, I'll never, you know, not being black myself, I'll never fully under understand it. It's, it's interesting to hear, well, I, I can empathize as much as I can about how exhausting it must be for, for me, from my perspective. Um, it's just confusing for me. I, I'm not exhausted because I don't have to go through it every day, but when you see it and, and you're not, you're not directly part of that community, it, you see the videos right you see the guy jogging and getting you know shitty stuff done it's confusing um and that's where i'm coming from i am i'm fucking confused man like this is some weird shit uh you guys have lived with it and are exhausted by it i am i get different stereotypes i get stereotypes probably like chan and everyone that we're good at math right we're not the strongest whatever but we're good at math we're you know we we stay in line in society. We 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 get treated
1: a different way, but yeah, I mean he, that, that's understandable. <sighs> but I mean, you you want to tell me that, <clears throat> and, and you know, and this might you know, and this might have been because it was a topical thing at the time. But you want to tell me that after nine eleven, at, at no point did you feel you know that things felt a little bit different. Oh, for sure, that's really? a good point. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Yeah. It, you know i i i don't know if they did i mean i'm just asking you know and i guess to nathan's point you know it, it's you know there there was no 911 i mean if, if there was 911 it was i don't know it was like 4 or 500 years ago somebody rolled up on a ship you know yeah. and said, whoa, who are these guys yeah you know and, and, it, and it it has been that situation ever since then yeah that's maddening
4: got a question for everyone though and uh well i guess mostly people in canada and maybe you over there swan where you are in chan it happened in america to to a black man right and you're talking about community avi so then in uh vancouver here there's a uh kind of like a i guess a gathering you know little protest on sunday and it was really peaceful and it was really nice and they're, you know, supporting the cause of George Floyd and things like that and racism. So then mm-hmm. what do you guys think about all the like kind of international community coming together, even though you might not be African-American or you might not be American and then, you know, Canada's still supporting it pretty heavy as if it happened yeah. here or something like that.
2: Uh, for me, I I think that I I couldn't tell you of if- any black person that I know uh, that hasn't had at least, at the very least, one instance where they were terrified of, of cops or, or some position of authority that treated them differently than their white counterpart, um, I'm sure Olá's got a story like that or two. I, I know I do. Um, so I don't think that, while yes, the I mean the problem in in, in the states is so deep rooted that uh, it's, it's not really, you know, in Bermuda, we have, we have our, trust me, we have our own racial problems and our own racial history that we have to, that we have to come to terms with as well. Um, And it's different from the States and it's not saying either one's worse or better. It's just different. Um, But I don't, I think that there's a, there's a level of solidarity with, with, with black Americans because most black people around the world, have dealt with very similar things. Um, so while right now this is an American problem, it's it's really a whole world problem, yeah. um, and that's that's just that's the way I think of the protests going around the world around, around the world. We've got a couple here in Bermuda already. There's another one tomorrow, one on Sunday. Um, so it's it's
5: it's it's a world problem. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Going on to what uh, Dan said about you know, how it's, like, international, everyone is protesting. One thing that I understand it, but it also not frustrates me, but it's kind of, like, doesn't annoy me, but I just don't understand. It's, like, for example, like, I'm going through my social media, I'm going through my Instagram feed, you know. Mm -hmm. People are putting, like, these, like, okay, Blackout Tuesdays and stuff, right? And for Mm -hmm. some people, I understand why they're doing it. But then the others, like, and this is no offense to anyone, or like, and I understand why you're doing it, it's a good cause, but a bunch of these people, they are white. And it's like, you will never actually understand or feel what the black people are feeling. It's like, yes, I understand you're doing it, it's for a cause, I understand why you're doing it, and you're trying to support them, but at the same time, are you really helping? Because no matter what, you will never actually feel what a Chinese person feels, a black person feels, an Indian person feels, someone that is not white. You will never actually feel what they feel. You can say, "Oh, I understand them. I understand what they're going through." But in reality, no, you do not, because you were born a specific way, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. But or, or at at least you actually truly extent. yes, will That's, you actually yeah. truly understand?
4: That's a good. That's a really good point, Chan. But I'll only speak to this because I have a a half-brother who's white, a half-brother who's black, and then my full brother. I consider all all of them brothers, exactly. It's a pretty pretty diverse family. But uh, I've been knowing them uh, ever since I was born, so we uh, treat each other like brothers. And then uh, when all this happened, my uh, elder white brother posted something on Facebook. And Chan, I think – more than just supporting this blackout thing like you're saying or jumping on after white i think you also have to try and acknowledge something like called a white privilege right so my yes, brother posted on true. facebook something about hey you better start to recognize that white privilege is real and then on that post he had something like i don't know it was like 30 or 40 names of how african-americans were killed in different ways for each one of how they were killed right listing them and then they're saying how white privilege and you can do all these things and never get killed mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know i just can go jogging on I your can, porch yeah. Exactly, yeah things like this and it had a long list and i started reading all of them i'm like wow I've,
2: I've seen that list and that list only covered like the last two years it's not even like that's that, that, that list. I mean, you know what, like there, there might year. be
4: different lists, but the, the one my brother posted had, a uh, Ahmed Abdul, uh, I'm saying it's Ahmed not
2: Arbery. Ahmed Arbery yeah, yeah, I said his name ago. wrong. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. yeah.
4: yeah. So I think, uh, even David, there's a documentary on Netflix about someone getting shot for cleaning out their wallet is a long time ago. And, something happened like that and it's just been going on yeah no i mean
1: even even like nathan saying that list is just growing on a daily basis and i think in the last few years i think what one of the more surprising things on that list is just sitting alone you know sitting at home playing video games (laughs) you know people break in think (laughs) they're in their own house and kill you and then it's a you know what i mean so the list the list grows you know and i'm sure you know i i I understand where people are coming from, the whole Instagram thing. And I think there's, like you said, Chan, I think there's two, maybe, we'll say two kind of various uh, groups of people in that sense. There are people who are, this is something they're doing, maybe after this, you know, they have a little bit more awareness and they'll push on it. Then they're just the people who just want to jump on the bandwagon because mm. it's, you know, they feel like, oh, it's the topical thing. And but I think it's, it's, it's not the topical thing. You know, it's not the topical thing. It's something that's been there. It keeps being there and it doesn't want to go away. Like, I, I, I saw an image and, you know, it, it was an image, you know, on the one side there was, you know, this black dude and there were cops behind him and, you know, on the shirt he said, I hope I don't get shot for being black today. But then right beside it, just like in contrast, was another image of this like 66-year-old little old white lady with a, with a poster that says, I can't believe I'm 66 and I'm still protesting this year. I I I I can see where those two sexy people are. And if if you are posting this, you know wherever you're out there, if you get offended, you get offended. I, I, I'm not worried about that. But if it's just something where you're just jumping on a banner, I can know that I I'm not. I don't want to say that's part of the
2: problem, but it's not not part of the problem. Yeah, I am um, right. I I yeah. I kind of. I kind of fell in line with that originally as well, but I, I read something a couple of days ago that sort of said, hey, um, we can't really get too upset at people just now coming to the movement because that's essentially what a movement is. It's trying to recruit more people. It's trying to get more people involved. So when people, whether they're late to the party, um, at least they're here. You know what I mean? Like it, at, least, at least they are now standing up. It, it, yeah, it's late.
1: I'm- I'm with you on that. You know, you're late to the party. Yes. When we all need to drink the Kool Aid, you can't step back.
2: Right. Exact. Correct. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. If well, you're here, yeah, you're going to Kool Aid with us. Yeah. If you're, if, you're, if you're in it, you're in it. And for some reason, this one feels different. And I don't know why it is. Um, and maybe that's just optimism on my behalf. I don't know. But this one feels different. I think maybe the pandemic has sort of, I mean, black people have just been backed into a corner for so many years and now they've just been locked up for, for two months in their own houses. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh. this is, this is, they, they, the, the bear's been poked. Like <laughs> Okay. okay. So so to your point then, Nathan, you know, to the
1: point of the notion of this pandemic, I have a feeling that a lot of people felt that, okay, this pandemic is going to level all our playing field. It's going to unify people in a way, you know, it's going to give us a common enemy, something to, you know, focus our energies, focus our anger or hate, what have you towards. But, you know, if anything, the last two weeks has maybe shown us that, I don't know, even that something of this scale, this magnitude might not be enough to sort of bridge these very deep fault lines.
2: Yeah.
3: You, got, you guys bring up some good points in, in terms of, you know, the world especially in the black community is really aching for change and for good reason. Um, But how do we make sure, like what, what needs to be done to make sure this just doesn't repeat itself. Kind of like, I mean, this happened with Eric Garner. It's happened with so many people. Uh, What needs to be done, right? Like what, how do you um, make sure it doesn't go away?
2: No, I don't, I don't advocate for, for looting or or violent protests or anything like that. It's not what I'm doing when I say this. Um, But sometimes, you gotta, you gotta burn something down before you can build it back up.
0: Um,
2: and I think that what we're seeing right now with the riots and protests is, look, white people didn't listen when Colin Kaepernick knelt. They didn't, they didn't, they they cared more about the fact that he knelt as opposed to what he was kneeling about or what he was kneeling for. Um, you know, when Black Lives Matter first started, it was they came back with All Lives Matter. Um, that consistently didn't listen or didn't want to listen or didn't want to hear. Um, and eventually, you know, the system that has failed black people in America for, for hundreds of years now, I think that you can't build it back up uh, until you torch it to the ground. Um, and I'm, I'm using that both figuratively and literally um, right. sometimes you have to, you just have to burn something down before you can build it back up. And what I'm seeing so far from these protests is this is this to me just seems like that first step that you were you used the word earlier abby that, that cathartic sort of fuck it <laughs> like, yeah let's torch this torched us down and then yeah. and then we, and then we can decide where we go from here but we got to start fresh almost and that's what this yeah. feels like a little bit um again like i said i'm not advocating for people to go burning houses no, or, looting not, or, yet, or looting or yeah. looting people's stores mm-hmm. um but if that's what if that's what you know, black Americans feel like they need to, to be heard, which just seems to be the first time that they're actually being heard. Then, you know, you do yeah. you.
5: Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to add something to you and Swanola, mm-hmm. what you guys are saying, how it's good that more people are joining the movement and you need people to join the movement, right? But at the same time, going back a little bit as to, like, are they, do they know what they're joining? For Mm -hmm. example, let's say there was a protest, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a mixture of African-Americans and also white people, right? And let's say they all come together and they protest. And then the cops come out and say like, okay, everyone that comes out again tomorrow is immediately going to jail. Mm -hmm. Now, with that same question, with the same amount of white people still be there? Don't know.
1: With regards to that, you know, people probably show up, right? People probably show up again. But again, just in the same way that when this first started, it was about George Floyd and how this sent a ripple through the Black community was the last straw on the camel's back. I'm not sure at this point where there's been all this looting and all this violence, where the message has almost become muddled as to what was the real beginning. Some of the people showing up, now, I'm not even sure they're showing up for that same reason. So when the cops say, oh, all of you show up, you all going to jail. A bunch of people are now there for reasons that are, I don't know, might not even be that initial reason. Anymore. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. You know I, I, I think particularly, I guess, in this group, you know, in this group particularly, there's, you know, we have black people, white people, Asian people, brown people. You just have all the peoples, right, in the school. And I think you know, going to the schools that we did and growing up and you know living in Canada, you know, especially in the vicinity of Toronto. And I say Toronto specifically because I think unlike a lot of cities, and this is on a global scale, Toronto is in a special bubble, and you don't really realize it until you leave Toronto or even you know sometimes North America, you know? Hell, actually, we you just, you just say Toronto because you go down south, you realize it very quickly. But Toronto is in a very special bubble in the sense that you never have to go too far for the world to, to run into a different culture, a different person, and get a different perspective on stuff. Like the world comes into this bubble all the time. You know, we're sitting on a streetcar, people are speaking eight different languages, all these cultures are running into each other, you know, you go anywhere else in the world, like you're going into a very homogenous bubble, you know? And you don't realize this and you go somewhere else and everybody's speaking one language. Everybody is in, behind one thing. And I think at times, you know, it's easy to forget that this isn't the same everywhere. At least at least for me, like, you know, at times, you know, you almost have to like, wake up and be like, This is not the same everywhere. You can't go anywhere and feel this comfortable in your own skin, no matter the color.
3: That's a really good point. I I actually read over the weekend as well that, you know, even though Toronto obviously has a, a huge multicultural proponent to it, there's still issues with it when it comes to the police reacting to the black community, right? Like I heard about this young lady who they don't know if she was pushed off a balcony or not, or what happened. And you hear about that guy who was shot on a streetcar, you know, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. And so yeah. just, I guess it shows you that it happens here too, man. Even when your identity as a city is all about inclusiveness, it's still there, man.
1: No, no, I, I'm not saying that it. it's not here. Yes, it is But in the same way, where in the states that list is ever growing and ever, ever expanding here no, it's, not, it's not. the list is not long. Thank
0: Oh, you might have to turn off your video, man. You,
4: you, we can't hear you.
0: Just That's turn off
4: the video. T <laughs> e pain except on like slow. Okay. Oh my god. T yeah. <laughs> e pain on some oh, yeah. way. <laughs> it's, it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> How do it's you worse. make it worse? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. There you go. You're getting oh. a little better. <laughs> <I'm not leaving. laughs>
2: no. no, you're Stop. not. Just close out and rejoin. It's still <laughs> worse. No, oh, no, you're there good we go. You're good.
1: You're back. I had I had it. Question I wanted to put to you guys, um, you know, uh, you know, in in terms of, and this is a question for you know, every everybody you know to chime in on this, but you know, what what does it mean to be, I guess, black today? What did it mean 25 years ago? What did it mean 50 years ago? What does it mean in the future? Uh, and I'm asking this question because, it, in a way, I I think in a way the question is almost it's almost self irrelevant in a way. Like having to ask what it means to be black today, or what it was fifty years ago, or what it was twenty-five years ago. Or like nobody else needs to ask what it was like. It was just oh, what? It, what was it to be alive? You know what I mean? When you have to preface it and 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 classify it all the way down, I, I think that in itself is sort of the issue in this question. But that said, I still want to
2: ask it. Um, it's it's. You're right, it's it's weird that, that that's even a, a viable question, but it is a viable question. Um, being black to, to me is, is it just means a constant struggle. It feels it, it, to me it means almost that, that you you've been behind in this race for so long, and it doesn't feel like you're catching up. Um, you know, black communities were were ripped. From their, from their lives, their communities, their families in Africa, um, you know, dec- not, not decades ago, Jesus Christ, one centuries ago. <laughs> um, and uh, from that moment on, it, it's, just been a, it's just been a constant uphill struggle. And you, you wanna think that it's gotten better. And at times it, it does feel like it's gotten better. Um, but then things like this happen Far more frequently than they should, and you, it reminds you that maybe they haven't. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's weird because as as a kid, I, I, as I say, kid, even even my teens and things like that, yeah, you know, there was almost like a, a blindness to it that I felt that you know I I was obviously well enough off to go to boarding school, granted I had a scholarship, but I was well enough off to go to boarding school away from home. You know, my family has done very well for itself. My mom and my dad worked there, worked their asses off to put me, my me and my brother through school and things like that, and give us every opportunity that that they probably that they didn't have. Right. Um, and so I was I was blinded from it for a long for a while. Um, and but there was always little instances, right, where you're still, where I was still reminded that yeah, no, I'm I'm a black black male in a in a society that, that really doesn't value that as much as as, as it should. Um, and little things like I remember going to, uh, I went to a, um, a summer program in England and for whatever reason, I can't remember, but a couple of us, it was myself and a couple other Bermudians that were in the same summer program in England and we arrived late. I don't remember why we arrived late, but we were obviously flying from Bermuda. So we must've just flown into England later than the group coming from Canada. Right. And so we had to make our way to the school where it was. And when we arrived, you know, there were three of us. I was, I was a blue and black person. There were two white guys with me. Um, and as soon as we walked up, they were doing like an orientation thing. And we sort of arrived at the orientation. Um, and the, the leader of the program looked directly at me um, and singled me out and pointed at me and said, are you supposed to be here? <laughs> and that immediately, what? like, I know, right? Like that, But that immediately reminds you that, oh, yeah, I'm the black guy here. And as a, as a, I was 16 at the time,
1: right.
2: as a 16 year old to have to do, deal with that, to be almost reminded of your place in society, it's, it's a weird thing, right? Because then you, that, that stays with you. And young black boys, young black boys now that are seeing things like George Floyd being treated like he's less than a human, how does that, how does that affect them as they grow up in, and interact with the police, and interact with authority figures? Um, it just, you immediately, you're almost always on this uphill battle of having to prove that you are a human, which is really bizarre to say in 2020, even though 2020 has been a shit show, but yeah. So it's, it's a difficult one to answer. What does it be? What does it mean being black? Because I think that black people's identity has been stripped for many, many years. Well,
1: I guess then uh, you know m- maybe you look at the people doing the stripping you know what what you know on the opposite side of that what uh, what is white supremacy you know what what actually is white supremacy?
2: Are you asking Mikey? <laughs> you are, <I> mean, <laughs> Mikey has
4: not talked in a while. around <laughs> <laughs> that mic, like uh, uh, Mikey, uh, Mikey. heard it and he was like, "What?" He's <laughs> like hiding behind the mic. <laughs>
1: No, but actually in definition, like, what is it? I I think it's
3: the, I think it's a movement to try to bring this idea that white culture is normal, normalcy. It's the norm, right? Which it isn't. It's just one aspect of society. But if you can, if you can pound that idea through to everybody's head that, yo, there's a normal and there's a not normal, you can do some serious damage, which we're seeing now, right? It's being uncovered. Mm. I think that's
2: one aspect of it. It's we're normal, you're not. And you sort of created a divide that way. I actually, I remember in, in high school going through a philosophy class and I remember the, the teacher was, was, she told a story. Um, at the end of the story, she, she asked us to discuss the story, what happened in the story. And everybody in in the room, started discussing the the protagonist of the story um, as a a male, as a man. And she sort of stopped us all. And she said, I never once said that it was a man in the story. She never, she had never used any sort of gender defining uh, uh, language to determine who the protagonist was, but we had all internalized it as a man.
5: Right.
2: And that sort of gender bias, I think also applies to, to race. I think that you're right, Abby. I think that white people, white supremacists um, believe that white is the norm, that that is what the baseline is. And everything else just falls beneath that. And the white is sort of, this is what it is and everything else isn't it. Um, and I, I mean, I've tried over the last couple of years, I remember that exercise in philosophy class really well. And I've tried very hard over the last couple of years to try and correct any gender biases that I do have at times that, that I, you know, if somebody tells me about somebody and I say, Oh, well, what did he say? And I, then I realized, well, they never actually said it was a he. So I always, I do my best to go back and actually correct myself and say, sorry, what did right. he or she say? Um, because he never actually told me. Um, but I think we need to do that with race as well. I think we need to, it helps to, to I mean, you look at entertainment industry and movies and things like that. Every time you see a, a black person in a position of authority, that helps. Every time you see a movie that a, that a black, that there's a black protagonist, that helps. Because yeah. it gives young Black people, especially, it gives them the ability to see that, that, that Black people can be in power too. Right. Um,
1: it gives them other visions outside of say, exactly. you
2: know, being pigeonholed. right? Yeah, exactly. You know, if, you if, you, know if you only ever see yourself as, a, as less than human, then that's, that's all you're ever going to dream of. You're never going to envision that there's a possibility otherwise. Yeah, and it's important to question it. It's important to question
3: all right, you're saying this is normal. Is it normal, right? I, I remember myself, right? Like, I, I don't consider myself racist or anything like that, but I think it's important to, to self-reflect and understand what, where my biases are at, where my boundaries are at, right? I, I remember I, I tell this story, you know, about when I first met our good friend, Jared's brother, <laughs> this tall black guy, <laughs> looking dark. I was in boarding school. And I see him walking down the hall and I remember I can't explain why or how I got to this feeling, but I remember being like, what the fuck? Like what's going on? And it wasn't until afterwards months afterwards when I was telling the story to Jared, I was telling it as a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. But I felt ashamed, man. I was like, well, he's the nicest guy in the world, man. The mm-hmm. guy's a doctor, the guy's so accomplished. I mean, but that didn't matter in that moment. And I, in that moment, when I realized that I was doing that, it just it killed me. But it it made it just more real, right? Like,
2: right. It we all yeah, we all have these biases. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no way to avoid it. Um, right, but these, yeah. these biases are getting sort of compounded, you
1: know, right. on a daily basis. You know, over decades, over time, through social media, through films, through literature, you know, all these biases are just getting compounded over and over again. You know, I'm sure if you read a book, you know, that was written in North Korea, I'm sure, you know, it says a lot of different things, you know, about, you know, about everybody else but Koreans, you know what I mean? And that's all they read. But for the rest of us, you know, it's nice that, yes, English is such a widespread language and it reaches so many corners of the world. But a lot of the literature, a lot of the film and all that stuff that is in associated with that language, you know, unfortunately it has biases in it. It has inherent biases in it. It's nice that you can, you know, communicate with English or with people around the world, but you all have the same biases. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I, I think that I think earlier on somebody was saying what, what do we think is a solution? Like what do we think could could be the way forward? And to me I've always just said communication. I I, I feel like instances like that that Avi's describing um, mm-hmm. We shouldn't make anybody feel um, ashamed that they have these biases um, because they exist. And the only way that you can ever get over these sorts of things or these sorts of thoughts is to just talk about them, is to, to, it. to acknowledge that they exist. And then we can then we can sort of come up together with a solution as to, OK, well, how do we approach this next time? How do we how do we approach this better? How, how can we? together sort of work through this bias because we all have them i mean there's no yeah. if anybody says they don't have a bias and then they're literally lying there's, there's there's that's the long and short of it
3: oh my god that's almost the worst thing right when when they like that amy lady who was calling the cops on that guy in, in the park <laughs> she still hasn't to this day apologized and she still to this day adamant that she's not racist and it's like okay,
2: there's no way to fix a problem if you can't even identify if, it. Yeah, if, you, if you're just, just going to act like it's not even there, well, then there's no hope.
4: You know what? I think she got forced into an apology, but it was so written up and like fake. It was crazy. It's like, oh, I'm, I am sorry, but uh, and then I can understand why people are mad at me and all this stuff but it sounded so scripted. I was like, oh my God, I don't even want to finish reading this. <laughs> it's accessible. like, don't go in the car yeah, and poo-poo here, okay? Hey? Papa, don't like t- when you poo-poo. <laughs> what? Know, no, you? My dog, my dog pooed over here, and he just came over here, so we cut it off. Like, <laughs> this guy, he keep, just jumped over keep here and he on my living room today, man. Please keep that in the <laughs> podcast. That today. This guy tried to apologize beside to Get out of here, man. <laughs> This is the guy that shit in the living room. Okay. Oh, is he a dash in? Oh, man. man. What's up? What's up? What's up?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, you can't be quiet this whole time. You know Go that's he's right. a- I was going <laughs> to
4: say something, but I didn't say something.
1: He's smart, yeah. man. He's a- <laughs> Mikey, you have to have some opinions on some of this stuff. <laughs> smart. I mean, growing smart. up in Bahamas Very alone. Smart. <laughs> growing up in Bahamas alone. Yeah.
0: We we'll have them. to have some. Uh, I mean, I I don't think it's like. Yes, there is a uh, there is a racial divide in the Bahamas for sure. Um, I'm not saying there isn't, um, but it's nothing to the degree. Like I, I could be totally wrong, but I could. I don't feel like it's anything to the degree of what it is. What's going on in the United States, where it, I feel like. I don't know. I think in my head, I've always tried to shy away from like any topic of politics and religion and everybody's allowed to create their own identity. And for some reason, I guess in my head, I've always, if it had, this this isn't an issue of politics. And I think part of me, I don't know why, but that is something in re-education that I need to, I need to learn is that um, this isn't a political discussion. It's an equality discussion, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be what your politics are. It's we're all human beings, for fuck's sake. Like mm-hmm. everybody's mm-hmm. entitled to ju- <laughs> their equality and justice. This. This. It's not a on what side of the political spectrum you should which which you should be on, right? Mm-hmm. And I think part of me growing up wanting to avoid any discussion like that was not the right thing to do um and i think that uh yeah i've obviously never felt what you guys have felt uh in the past being a white guy um and i'm happy to say that you are we are good friends and that um i do value your uh, discussion and your input and because i don't know if i can add any value to the discussion (laughs) Because, yeah, I just never have had that experience. Um,
1: I, I think just what you just said there alone is actually very important. You know, in a sense where, you know, even if you feel like, oh, in the past, you've just shied away from this. I mean, that in of itself, beyond, you know, questions of inequality, beyond questions of is it political or anything. That's just like on a biological level, there is something to that. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when something is an issue or something, you're (laughs) confronting something, you you know, it it might be something that you might shy away from, but at the same time, understanding that and coming to the realization that we have evolved to a point where we don't just function off of biological imperative anymore. Like that's not how we built communities that, you know, are what they are today.
0: Yeah. And I, and I feel that, you know, white people should be angry from a point that, Uh, your fellow human beings just don't have a quality or justice. And I'm coming from the point of view of that. The protests that's going on now and have been going in the past are the voices that should be heard. Um, And I don't think we should create more divide. If somebody is late to the game on black lives matter or posting something on social media. And I don't, I don't think that should be the end. Like, If that is something that grabs your attention, then there should be more education on, okay, how can I get involved? What should I do? What, you know, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't see an issue with that unless you just post a picture and then do nothing about it. And at the same time, I'm happy to support the protest, but at the same time I need to be, me as a white person needs to be in the background. Like I, this is not my voice that needs to be heard, right? Mm -hmm. Mm and i would rather have a sense of unity rather than a sense of divide saying you're late to the game so you're not important to me or anything like that right
2: yeah no i i agree it goes back to what i was saying with you know at least you're at at the party (laughs) yeah late to the party or not at least you're you're there i some of the some of the most interesting things i've heard from from some of my white friends and and things like that is, is almost exactly what you were just saying mikey it's you're right. It's, it's probably not the time for white people to speak. It's, it's probably the best time for white people to listen. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, there's been, there's some, some of my closest friends have struggled heavily with that concept. We've all witnessed it in one of our group chats. One of our, one of our close friends often just chooses not to listen and that's his prerogative. Uh, but I think sometimes it, it that's, that's, that's the most important part of communication. You know, I listening. like,
0: I was physically sick, like, for the past couple days of seeing videos of peaceful peaceful protesters being tear gassed, and, like, why? Like, why is that happening?
2: Well, I, I know we just, we literally just off, <laughs> off, off air, I guess you would call it. We had a brief discussion about trying not to bring a certain person up.
0: Yeah, um, I'm trying to avoid think, that, too.
2: But I think that when your leader almost incites it, and the rhetoric that your leader uses basically plays right back into... What I was talking about about how black people for hundreds of years have, have been lesser, lesser of humans than, than other races, uh, especially in, in the United States of America. I think that when your leader plays into that with the rhetoric and the things that he says, it's, it's inevitable that, yeah, you're going to, your, your positions of authority, your police, your, your politicians are going to treat black people As though they're less than humans, because your leader's been talking about them as less than (laughs) humans. When he when he uses the word "thugs" to describe the rioters and and the and the the, the protesters, you're immediately lessening who they are as people by just immediately just by calling them thugs, which has a very racial connotation to it. Historically, maybe not, but in 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 recent you know the last fifty or fifty or sixty years, it has a racial connotation to it. As soon as you use that word. We know, as if you're a white person using that word, we know what you're talking about.
4: Well, even the Cleveland Cavaliers coach used that word towards the Cavs team who was sucking ass at the time. This this season, before it got canceled, right? And he said, you guys are playing like a bunch of thugs, but he he meant to say something else. He clarified it after, but he got fired for saying
2: that. Yeah, I I actually read an article on that today because I, I saw somebody on my Facebook post about how is using the word thug a racist thing? Like, why, why are we getting upset about that? And I actually, I went back today and I said, let me find out the, the history of this word and why it does have this racial connotation. And really, it's, it's, it came down to, I read an article from a linguistics professor who sort of studies the evolution of words and everything. And he said, we have this thinking that, that words are, they are what they are, that they mean one thing, but that's not the case. Um, the same way how the N-word transitioned from being a, ter- a derogatory term used by white people to black people using it as a term of endearment, the word thug has also made that transition where when a white person uses it, it means something different than when a black person uses it. Black people can use this in term of endearment. It can mean a person who's, who's powerful, who's, who's a, a movement leader who, you know, we refer to Tupac as a, as a thug. Tupac had thug lights tattooed across his chest, but we don't, we use that differently. He used that differently. He referred to him as a thug in a different sense of the word as Donald Trump saying these thugs, Mm. if you get what I'm saying, the connotation is different depending on who it comes from. And linguistics professor was basically just saying we need to realize that words have different meaning depending on who says them. Um, And so, yeah, that word thug, if you use that to describe people as a white person, you are immediately lessening them. That's why this tear gas gets used that's why there's during the protest there's you see the cnn reporter getting arrested while the white reporter nothing happens to him um it's it's because you immediately lessen the person of color who's in that riot because you've labeled them as something something else as opposed to just a person who's concerned which in my opinion is probably the most american thing that there is someone someone fighting someone fighting to try and make something better that isn't Isn't that what we were taught was the American ideals? Like, isn't that what America was supposed to? That's what the American dream is that we were told, right? You know, people, people with nothing being able to fight and achieve something. Isn't that what the American dream is? American, man, they seriously just lost their way. Yeah, but I I think,
1: (laughs) I think at the time when that American dream was being formed, the definition of people was yes. very specific. <laughs> Correct. <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> very true. <laughs> you know, so, so again, like you said, you know, word, these words, you know, they evolve Yeah, they mean different things. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, they, they definitely mean different things.
2: Yeah, everybody's so, equal, like, but some more than others.
0: <laughs> I mean, I remember doing some history on like Bahamian Bahamian history of like um family heritages and stuff like that. And it clearly defined like what was a Negro, what was a mulatto, what was a like and that was like Oh, uh, that never having to I mean, just growing up with a huge myriad of friends of all different color. I was just, I was like, Holy shit. Like there was an actual like definition of who could vote and who couldn't vote depending on like
1: the level of, of, mix.
2: yeah, yeah, wow. yeah.
0: We have to, I mean, and, we, and, and, property ownership.
2: The, wow. the States has to come to the realization and, and, and white people, white Americans, especially, and not, I'm not, I'm using that term generally. It's not all white Americans, obviously that, you know, the, this constitution that, you, that, this, that the, the states holds up. So, so as, as this pillar of, of democracy and this pillar of equality and everything else, it was signed by people who had slaves. This, mm-hmm. this, this constitution that was written, but when they say all men are created equal, and all men have this, this right to, to freedom and everything else, these men had slaves, the men that wrote this document. So there's, through America's history, there's always been this, 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 double, this, this double meaning between things, right? Like
1: Standard, all men
2: are creating equal, but I'm gonna keep slaves and not pay them for the work that they do. So at some point you have to come to the realization that you know, it's, not, it's never been good for everybody in the States, never. There's never been a moment in the U.S. history where everybody was on the same page.
1: It's
3: a really good point, man. That's, I, I remember back in 2008, I, I don't know, I think I was just really naive and young I just, but I remember just being like when Obama got elected and we were talking about leaders, just being like, all right, we, we made it, you know, like it's been done. And, and then seeing it in the media and stuff, I look back on, on who I was and what I was thinking at that time. And I look at where we are now and I, I find myself thinking, man, like, will we ever have another black or will the States ever have another black president? Is it possible? like
4: I think so. so yeah. you see, That's I, a good
1: question. I, yeah, I, I had a different feeling when all that was happening. You see, growing up in, in Nigeria, the notion of, oh, there's a black leader, it wasn't even a thing for me. It's like, oh, the, it, sure, the leader's a person, you know, but I've always seen black leaders. So when it's like, oh, there's a black leader for the first time, I'm just like, Wow, I mean, these other countries
2: have
1: it. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Why, is this, why is this a different
2: assuming thing? It's how the state still, still gets up in arm about having a, a woman president. It's like, yeah, you know. Like, not, oh, you guys want to be trailblazers. You're not trailblazers if you do this. Like, this exactly. Is, this exactly. has been happening everywhere for a long time. <laughs>
1: you know, so I, I had a different reaction. So I was just kind of like, well, why, why is there so much fuss about this in a way? You know? I, I
2: remember listening. I'm a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell and his books and his writings. And I remember him talking in an interview after Donald Trump uh, had sort of made his rise in the, in the, in the polls and, and it was soon to be elected. And he brought up a concept called moral licensing. Um, and he said that, see, he subscribes to this theory of moral licensing where because we do one thing good, it allows us to do one thing bad. And he felt that, that Trump's sort of rise was a bit of moral licensing on behalf of the states of them saying, hey, look, we elected a black president. Now we can indulge our. Now we can indulge our baser fears. The real. Yeah, now we can, you know, we, we did our good thing. We did our great thing and we elected the black, the first black, pres- fr- black president in our history. Now we can dabble in, in a little bit of the stuff that we don't like to talk about. And I thought that was a really interesting concept because it stands to reason, if you believe in moral licensing, that you're going to consistently have this, it's almost like a Christmas tree effect, right? Where it starts out with two opposites and eventually you're just going to work your way to somewhere in the middle at the top, right? right. So if, if Obama was your far left and Trump was then the next far right, then maybe we're gonna get to somewhere a little further right of Obama and then so on and so forth. And then not talking about policies because Obama's policies tended to be quite centrist, <laughs> but in terms of the cultural impact, I should say. Right. Is more, yeah. So um, with
1: that in mind and hoping maybe that's just like a little shred of hope with that in mind, is there, you know, a future going forward from this point where we, we will get to that point where everybody is regarded equal, where we have somebody who's in the White House, in whatever office is running, whatever nation, that everybody can sort of feel that they have their back and, you know, feel un, that, that this is an unbiased leader?
2: Is that possible? I, th- I think that. As as humans, we have to believe that it is, mm-hmm. um, because if not, then why go out there and protest? We have exactly. to believe that there is something that we're working towards. It's not going to happen in our lifetimes. I'm going to tell you guys that now. <laughs> we're going to be dead. We're going to be dead long before we get to that point. But we have to believe that there is. I mean, when when women first, you know, when the suffragettes first started started their movement, they they probably wouldn't have believed. That they'd that they'd see where women are today. I'm sure even you know Martin Luther King probably wouldn't dream that black people are where we are now. It's, and again, still have a very long way to go as as we've been discussing. Right. But you know you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Otherwise, what's the point? You have to dream. There's something better. That's I think that's human nature. We have to. Otherwise, we're we're doomed.
3: It's going to be a tough tough hill to climb for sure. But I agree with Swan. It's worth worth fighting for.
1: Finally, you chimed up. That was nice, man. That was good. <laughs> you know, Chan, Chan even I got in there, man. I you know you were scared to open your mouth there, but good things fall out. <laughs> don't be afraid, man. That's why we're here. Dude, you're not afraid.
0: Stupid.
1: <laughs> I, I feel okay, we
3: could have kept, kept talking and talking about this, man. so much. Yeah, we, we could have go. sure. gone. Yeah. gone for, uh, for, for, you for hours.
1: You could but, you know, at the same time, you know, I like that we were moving around touching on different things. Like I didn't want well, us to get into one thing and just keep driving. Uh, it. Yeah, 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 but
4: it'd be nice to have some kind of conclusion. To it at the end, like you know, whoever's listening to this podcast is going to be. Like, it just ended like that. no! no, no. It,
3: it was kind of, cool, kind of right? a nice conclusion. At the it end. ended with a message, man.
2: With Swan, yeah. what the message to strive. To
4: well, how about this? this? Yeah. If we ended with a quote or something like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's quote or someone else's quote, Who that'd mean, be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's quote. Oh, his his article, his article. was good.
2: His article. He's one of the
4: biggest black um, protesters. Uh, since, like
2: uh, Yo, He's a smart kid. Yeah,
1: his, his article was, I, I, was I really well I pulled it up
4: written. during the thing about it. Oh, so it. why, it why was... didn't you end that
1: quote then since you pulled it up?
4: You want to say it? Okay, it's, I don't want to see stores, uh, loot, or even buildings burn, but African Americans have been living in a burning building for many years, choking on the smoke as the flames burn closer and closer. Racism in America is like dust in the air. It seems invisible, even if you're choking on it until you let the sun in then you see it's everywhere as long as we keep shining that light we have a chance of cleaning it wherever it lands
2: it was it was it was it was a really well written article and that i yeah. remember that that dust that dust quote was was really it was really interesting to to think about it that way
4: the only
0: other thing I was going to say is what do you, what do you want your white friends to do or not do? Like what, what do you want your white friends, do you want them to join you in a protest? Like who, is anybody going for a protest? A good like, question. I'm planning
2: on going to the one tomorrow. I missed the one yesterday, but I'm planning on going to the one tomorrow. I'd like to go to the one on Sunday as well. As far as what I, what I hope for from, from white friends is just, just to simply be aware, to listen and to call out, call out things when you see it. When, when somebody says – if somebody says all lives matter on a post, call them out on it and say, no, that's not what we're talking about. Nobody's saying that all lives don't matter. That's not what we're saying.
4: All right, so if you saw a white guy rip a BLM LM poster off like a wall or something, would you do anything or would you say anything to him?
2: Would because I, that like, happened I, what in I confront- Toronto. Yeah, I man. probably would, yeah.
1: Yeah, ask them, hey, 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 why? Yeah, why? Give me, give me <laughs> some yeah. reasons for
2: what you've give done. Give me a bro. reason why. I mean, I'm. It's. It's. Yeah, well, yeah. I try and call it on Facebook as much as I as much as I can, but like I said, sometimes I'm just tired, man. No, yeah. No, sometimes it, it's, it's just it's.
1: But further to that point, I think even more than you know my white friends, you know, because I've had some people you know reach out oh, hey, you know, you know how are you doing with all of this, you know, and you know that is good. You know, even though it seems kind of like, yes, maybe some people are doing it just so that they feel better about themselves. But here's the thing is, there's there's a lot of things that people did so that they could feel better about themselves that ended up being helpful. You know what I mean? It might seem like, yes, these people are just asking so that they don't feel that you call yeah. them racist. But, but at least they asked. They, the point is, even you just asking. Yes. Yeah, asking, at least they asked even if you're not maybe you maybe somebody says something you don't even listen but the fact that you gave them that opportunity to actually open their mouth maybe the next person will listen maybe the person after them will listen and they'll spread that. but even that helps but further to that i think even for like employers you know being aware of this stuff like we mentioned earlier that yes you know there there are these sort of negative aspects that have to do with authority figures but then there's just all the other like you know, just like in that quote by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, just the other stuff that's just, like, there constantly in society that nobody really picks up on. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but I had to change my name to get a job, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> it, but it, I it,
4: heard it, about that. That's a real thing, right? You know?
1: Like, it, it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, man, you know what? <sighs> Oh, I don't it's, like that. My name is, you know, the same in Spanish. I I wanted uh, a different name. So no, it wasn't wasn't any of that. It's the fact that people look at my name and they're just like,
4: well, I don't know about hiring from cousin, but I'll hire Otto from Austria. <laughs> I like that McDonald's movie, right? It was like they just love the name McDonald's. So true. Though. I get it
2: when people walk into the escape room and they they're surprised that I'm the owner of the business. <laughs>
4: uh, it's, you get it.
2: Uh, I mean, it's 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 literally every day, man. It's it's not. This, this, and like Ola said, it's, it's, it's little stuff. It's, it's, it's the, it's the leader. It's the, it's the headmaster of the summer school, looking at me and saying, "Are you supposed to be here?" Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so, it's so such small little things that you just, it just constantly remind you that oh yeah, you know, it's different. It's, just, it's not the same for me as it is for, for a white dude with the, with the same essential qualifications or the same background. It's not the same. You know, it's funny.
4: It's a weird question sometimes. Like, I don't know if, if someone makes a mistake or if it's actually with a racist undertone, it's like, if you work at a store, if they ask you if you work at a store or something else along those lines in some of the situations like, is he actually racist or is it, is it a normal but, but, mistake? But that's,
1: that's exactly it though. Like it's, it's permeated so deep that it's not even that <laughs> normal mistake. It's just people aren't, people aren't even aware of it anymore. You know, like you know, there was a Something time aware. where you know, we showed up, there was a summer camp and every remembers this. But I was the first person to show up to the summer camp and I don't know if the person didn't read the name, but they saw Ola and they just in their mind already they just thought it was Olaf. And they were expecting the Swedish tall blonde blue eyed. <laughs> then I showed up and there was like,
2: You must have been what, shocked. Uh, what is happening? <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> So it's like, I don't think people are going on and they're just, you know, a lot of people are, they just, you know, it's not that they're going out with like evil, hateful racism in their heart. Like, I think it's just permeated in the culture so much that people aren't even aware that yeah. what you're saying is already cre- creating biases within it, you know? Yeah. You walk into, like you said, Dan, you walk into a store and, you know, you're looking around for the person that works there and, oh, you see a black person and you say, oh, hey, um, uh, do you know where the, the clerk is or where the yeah. manager is? And the person's like, Well, I'm here, so...